Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. I don't know why every time I stand here, it's like, <laughs> no, I want to come down. Yeah. Praise God. Hello. All right. Fantastic. Thank you. All right. Good evening, everyone. It is an honor to be in your presence for the second time in two weeks. So if God had not finished with me, I guess I have to do part two of message number one to be continued. I didn't know, but now we know. And um, I, I just want to take um, the first few minutes that I'm here and give God um, some praise for the angel of this house, Pastor Gary, um, who has partnered with um, Brooklyn Teen Challenge and opened up his doors and made us home. This is our home church for us, and what a wonderful man of God he is, and it would be wrong for me to step behind this pulpit in his house and not give him the honor that I believe is due to the man of God. So come on and let's lift it up, even in his absence, and thank God for someone who believes in community, who believes in community, who believes in the church outside the walls, doing the work of the ministry, and I, I just love that because I have the same heart um, myself. And without further ado, I have a word from the Lord that um, I must speak. It's like one of those must speak it words because if it was my choice, I wouldn't speak it. But if I don't speak what God says, then you'll hear from me, and you might leave entertained, but you definitely won't change. And and so I want to talk to you about something. Um, I realized with this year, with the COVID and the lockdowns and the distancing and the masking and the separation and, and everything. And I know it's been hard because I'm a businessman. Um, I've had my own business for the past 11 years. And one of the things that I had to deal with this year is the inability to get my customers to me. And so therefore, the funds that come from that connectivity are depleted. And many other stores, we've seen some great stores um, close down, some great businesses. Some of you might have even been affected that way, that the job you thought that was going to take you to retirement is over and no longer exists. Big companies have shut down. And, and so I see that in the past few years, I remember when I was a kid, it was Halloween, masks and stuff. Then it was Thanksgiving turkeys and stuff. Then it was Christmas, gifts and stuff, and then New Year's. But now it seems like it's 4th of July, then Christmas. I store, right after the 4th of July, I started seeing Christmas stuff on the shelves in the stores because they had a lot of making up to do to end with a pretty good year. And so they're starting the sales ministry up really, really, really quick. Got to get that money. I ain't mad at him. I understand. It's economics, right? But with that comes uh, uh, something that impacts us as Christians. And am I speaking to Christians in the house? If you're not, you will be by the time you leave. Just stick around. Uh, Christians in the house. Because this is, this is specific to the church of God. This is to the church of God. I want you to, to comprende. I want you to escuche en un momento, por favor. I want you to listen carefully to what God has to say to you today, specifically when it's coming down to this area of the holiday, specifically the holiday we call Christmas. Christmas is, 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 is a time that us as the Christian family of God celebrate. 
And when we look at it, we're celebrating the birth, not the birthday, the birth of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. And, and what's significant about birth period in the, in the human process is that over, I think it's about 500 million sperm cells race to get to the egg and only one gets to come in and be you. And that means that you're spectacular, chosen, right? If another one had made it, you wouldn't have been here. Somebody else would have been sitting in your place. It's meant to be you. And, and so th when birthdays come along, the celebration of birth, and aren't birthdays awesome? Like, my birthday is like the most awesome day on the calendar, right? It's like my holiday, right? I don't care how many people were born on that day. It's my birthday, right? And, and the amazing thing about a birthday is that when your birthday starts, like, there's this moment when they have to do this um, when you're born, and that's to mark down the day, the moment that life starts for you. The clock starts to tick. From that moment on, your life is now ticking toward your death. Mm -hmm. That's the clock that starts from the time of birth. During this time of year, we celebrate the birth of God's only begotten son. I like to break Christmas down into two words, Christ's mass like the mass of the Catholic Church, that mass, but it's Christ's mass. There is no, without Christ, it is just mass. Christmas, Christmas, Christ's mass. A holy day for a holy people to celebrate the Holy Son of our holy God. Hallelujah. Holy means to consecrate or to be consecrated to God or to be set apart for his use. So Christmas then is a consecrated day for a consecrated people to reverence and worship the consecrated birth of our consecrated Lord. Mm -hmm. Yeah, his birth began the fulfillment of over 300 prophecies from the Old Testament. Isn't that awesome? Aren't you, isn't it, aren't you glad to be part of this great celebration that we have focused on the birth of the one that God sent to save us and give us eternal life? Isn't that awesome? If it's awesome, give God some praise in this place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right. All right. All right. So we're on the right path right here. But can I ask you a question? Can we just talk? For a moment here, I'll preach in a moment. I just want to talk. Mm. Can I, I want to ask you this question then. Why then does this glorious event that we all just applauded for, why does it have to struggle for attention fighting for the spotlight? Why does the Son of God, Emmanuel, have his prophecy-fulfilling, miraculous birth why does he have to battle with Santa Claus, Saint Nick, Frosty the Snowman, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, who I heard had a very shiny nose? He has to, 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 to get our attention by competing with the Grinch and even with Alvin and the Chipmunks. 
even worth even worse for this generation of millennials he's got to kind of battle with like the iPhone 12 and the PS5 and the Bluetooth earbuds and the G-Shock watches and the uh, <laughs> and and oh I'm not leaving y'all lazy and getting your nails did and getting your ears did and uh, with the Jordans and the LeBrons, all of these in competition for our attention when us as Christians should have one focus, Christ and his mass. Mm -mm. The, the Apostle Paul says to us in 2 Corinthians 6, 17 to, huh? 16 to 17, I want to read it with you. I'm not preaching from there. I'm just laying down some groundwork for this moment. Second Corinthians, Corinthity, the book to the Corinthians, written by a man named Paul. Um, Second Corinthians 6, 16 to 17, says this. Listen to this. And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. And you just said you were, so I'm talking to you. What agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God says, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they will be my people. Therefore, because of what I just said, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean and I will receive you. I will be a father to you and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. That's just what the scripture says right there. But what happened? What happened? Well, if you look at, at and you don't have to go there, but I'm going to do a couple of scriptures just to lay, like I said, the foundation for what the Lord kept pointing out to me, hammering to me. In um, 2 Kings chapter 17, verses 13 to 15, it says, Yet the Lord testified against Israel and against Judah by all his prophets, every seer saying, Turn from your evil ways and keep my commandments and my statutes according to all the law which I commanded your fathers, which I sent to you by my servants the prophets. Nevertheless, they would not hear, but stiffened their necks like the necks of their fathers who did not believe in the Lord thy God. And they rejected his statutes and his covenant that he had made with their fathers and his testimonies, which he had testified against them. They followed idols, became idolaters, and went after the nations who were all around them concerning whom the Lord had charged them that they should not do like them. We are in trouble. We're in trouble. And if I didn't preach this message, I'd be in more trouble. And God showed me why I'd be in more trouble if I didn't preach it. According to Ezekiel 3, 18 to 21, he says, When I say to the wicked, you shall surely die, and you give him no warning, nor speak to warn the wicked from the wicked way to save his life. That same wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood I will require at your hand. Mm. Yet if you warn the wicked and he does turn from the wickedness nor from his wicked ways, he shall die in his iniquity, but you have delivered your soul. And again, when a righteous man, somebody say, I'm a righteous person, so we can be politically correct gender-wise here. 
When a righteous person turns from their righteousness and commits iniquity, and I lay a stumbling block before him, he shall die because you did not give him warning. He shall die in his sin, and his righteousness, which he has done, shall not be remembered. But his blood I will require at your hand. I'm getting kind of shook right now. Nevertheless, if you warn the righteous man that the righteous should not sin, and he does not sin, he shall surely live because he took warning. Also, you will have delivered your soul. Amen? We are in trouble. Do you know what deception is? Deception is when you're deceived. When you're deceived, you're deceived because you don't know you're walking in deception, thus making it deception. <laughs> My assignment is to blow the trumpet in Zion and sound the alarm. And God told me to warn the people, whether you're there or whether you're here, about the crisis of a Christless Christmas. I am here to warn you about the crisis of a Christless Christmas. And we have been participating actively in this debacle. Matthew 1, verses 21 to 25 is where my message is coming from, part of it. I'm going to read it into your hearing. Listen to these words. You're familiar with them. It says, and she shall bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from his sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. You see, but the world's reason for the season is not J-E-S-U-S, it's M-O-N-E-Y. And the Bible warns us that we are, as Christians, to no longer be conformed to this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our mind or of the changing of the way we think about the things in this world and how they are to impact us and the impact we are supposed to have on them in the name of the Lord. It's Christmas time. You know what that means it's time to do? Buy gifts and stuff. No, not just buy gifts and stuff even better. Get gifts and stuff. There's this scene that we're all familiar with. What it has is a little manger. And in the manger, it has this little basket with a little baby in it. And it has a Joseph, and it has a Mary, and it has some lambs. Right? Y'all know that picture, right? 
And what else does it have there? What else is part of that nativity scene? Anybody? Can you help me? The three kings. Yes, the three kings, right? And the angel, yeah. Anything else? The star, anything else? Some gold, some frankincense, some myrrh, the gifts. Yes. It's a lie that never happened. A blasphemy stole him. <laughs> Go home and tear that thing up. It is an idol. It is a lie. <gasps> Let me prove it. In the Bible, you will see that in uh, Luke chapter 2, Luke chapter 2, you got to see this because when you see it, you got to believe it. Luke chapter 2, verses 15, 16, and 20. Listen to this. And so it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds, say that with me, the shepherds said to one another, let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Verse 20 said, then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told to them. Who is there at the manger? Mary, Joseph, baby, and shepherds. Now, if you went with me to the book of Matthew chapter 2. <laughs> Matthew chapter 2. Yeah. Matthew chapter 2. Verses 9 to 11 say this. And when they heard the king, they departed, and behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they had come into the, somebody say, house. Is the house a manger? This is a totally different place, I'm telling you. When they came into the house... They saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. These two scenes do not go together. Because by the time the wise men got to the place that the child was, he was approximately at least two years old. Because when Herod found out that they had found him, he sent his soldiers to kill all of the children from two years. Why would he kill the two years old if it was a newborn? But you see, what the world has done has put this gift giving and birth thing together in such a way that we religiously believe that we are celebrating the birth of Christ by buying gifts to show our appreciation. I'm not saying that it's wrong to give gifts at this time. I'm not trying to blow Christmas. I'm trying to save you a couple of dollars, though. Because <laughs> if you've been doing it for the wrong motives, uh, duh, like the truth shall set you free. <laughs> Amen? Send that money to Teen Challenge. Help us out a little something. something. Sow some seed. I'm making sure you have it. <laughs> truth this is the truth listen to me I'm not trying to, uh, this is just what the word said please go research it for yourself 
The connection psychologically is a buy-in impulse put together by a group of marketers so that it can have an emotional response to spending money. And now that you're aware of it, you will do it because now you want to do that. It might be tight, but it's real. Listen to this. Let me let me let me let me just let me mess something else up. Do you know that that this time even that we're celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ was 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 historically in a in a culture when the Jewish people were under were subjected to uh, Constantine's rule, and during this time of year they had their winter solstice celebrations, Yule time, and in order for the Christians to have not be mad because they didn't have their own time, they invited invited them to celebrate their Jesus birth kind of with them. And, and, and listen, look, let me go, just go here. Jeremiah says something. Now, this may or may not be connected to what I'm talking about, but I just wanted more fuel for the fire here. If you're going to throw bricks, let me give you a reason to do it. Let me go all in, okay? Um, <laughs> Jeremiah chapter 10, listen, says this. Uh, verse 2 says, do not learn the way of the Gentiles. Do not be dismayed at the signs of heaven, for the Gentiles are dismayed by them. For the customs of the people are futile. For one cuts a tree from the forest, the work of the hands of the workmen with the axe. They decorate it with silver and gold. They fasten it with nails and hammers so that it will not topple. They're upright like a palm tree. They cannot speak. They must be carried because they cannot go by themselves. Do not be afraid of them, for they cannot do any evil, nor can they do any good. Um, and, and so this might not be in direct relation to it, but what they did during this time, they had these, these two gods for fertility. Um, one was the god Saturn, and the other one was Mithras. And Saturn was the sun, and what they wanted to happen is for winter to be real, real short. And so what they did is they went into the woods and they cut out the evergreen trees because they were green. And they took them and they decorated their homes with greenery. And they moved, chopped some of the trees and they couldn't stand. So they put them wooden things. Now they sell them to you in green um, metal things. So you can put the tree there. And the trees, that they set them up all where places that green wasn't to fool the sun god into coming sooner so that their harvest season can begin. I'm not saying don't decorate, but at least know that that decoration was not part of the celebration of the Jesus birth that we're supposed to be focused on. Some of us spend more money on Christmas decorations than we give to the church all year. And we're more enthusiastic about the purchase. Have you ever had a birthday party? Come on, let me get some smiles. <laughs> I see y'all frowning under those masks. Why did we have him come over here and preach this week? He was so good last week. <laughs> I ain't getting not one amen. Y'all like, why don't you come here and mess up my Christmas? <laughs> my name will now be Grinch, Pastor Grinch. But have you ever had a birthday party? 
Yes, I had won my 50th. My wife threw it for me. It was great. Everybody came. Everybody, like people I didn't even know. It was a surprise. I was like, what? You? I'm glad she didn't invite anybody out with money. <laughs> I'd have been stuck. <laughs> and surprise. <laughs> like, ooh, okay. <laughs> but could you imagine that the birthday party's for you and you arrive at the party and you see all the gifts that are there and then you're like, oh, good, because, you know, it's your birthday. And what would you feel like if people started taking the gifts and they're like, yeah, oh, God, what is that? That's such a big box. And they take it and say, here's one for you, another guy at the party, and one for you, and, and, and don't bring you nothing. They're supposed to be celebrating your birthday, but you get nothing. Isn't that what we do to Christ? What do we give him? We spend more time shopping online than we do with him. Uh, come on, somebody. Uh, is it only the past that it can be transparent and tell the truth and shame the devil? Huh? I got some work to do in my life. I'm just sharing with you what the Lord put on my heart about me. Maybe it's about you. Maybe I'm in the wrong place. But I'm saying, when I, when I start to really look at it, I'm calling myself this faithful follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then during a time when I have an opportunity to show to the world the majesty of his glory and my devotion to him, I join them in the celebration of shopping and buying and running up my credit and, ah, and buying stuff for that employee that I don't even know. Got him in some secret Santa thing and got to buy him something, $20. <laughs> I'm going to simplify it for you. Don't buy it. You don't got to do that. Jesus don't care. Jesus cares if you maybe feed some of those. Like he would say that I had no clothes and you clothed me and I had no food and you fed me and I was in the jail and you visited me. And he said, when did we do that for you, Lord? He says, whenever you have done it unto any of these, you have done it unto me. And then the ones that he said to depart from him, he said, when I was hungry, you didn't feed me. And when I needed clothes, you didn't give me nothing. And when I was in jail, you didn't come visit me. He said, when did we do? He says, whenever you have not done that to any of them, you have also done that unto me. How about that for some scripture for you? Huh? See, we have to focus and make our priorities God's priorities if we are truly going to follow God and be able to stand firm in our faith and let the world see that they are in a crisis. The world is in a crisis. See, I know a gift that you can give to Jesus, and I'm going to let you find it in the scripture. Read John 17 one day. You will see here Jesus pray for something, and we can do it. We can, he prayed to the Father for something. Does anybody know what he prayed for in John 17? Come on, somebody. What did he pray for in John 17? Father, let them be one with you as I am one. Protect them from the evil one. Those that, I'm, that, that are my disciples now and those to come, keep them united. Keep them together. Can we do that? Can't we all just get along? Can we stop being divided by denomination and who praises this way and who goes to church on Saturday and who goes and all these things that got the world wondering what them crazy people, why they can't get themselves together? Huh? 
He prayed a whole chapter. That is the Lord's prayer, not the model for prayer, the Lord praying. And he's asking God, God, help them keep it together. And it is during this season when the world is focused on saying the word Christ without even knowing it every time they say Christmas that we could point out that Christ is in this. That it is Christ who makes this day something to celebrate. Because the gift was God's gift to us for God so loved the world that he gave. That's the gift. His only begotten son so that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Hallelujah. God loved us that he sent his son through 40 and two generations to make reconciliation by way of what is called a perpetuation, which means it's our substitution. He took our place that made him our salvation because we're saved by grace. Then he is our justification, which makes us justified. Sanctification, which makes us sanctified because we're set aside and now we're saved, justified, sanctified. and We get baptized and God is glorified. Hallelujah, hallelujah. By the way, we are also deputized. Oh, yeah, we're deputized. Somewhere in the scripture, I think it is, uh, oh, I did write it down. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the old has gone. A new sheriff is in town. That's what my, oh, that's not doing. The, the new has come. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ. Happy birthday, not counting men's sins against them. And he has committed to us, somebody changed us to me, say he has committed to me the message of reconciliation. We, I am, therefore, Christ's ambassador. You are now duly baptized. According to the word of God, you are now an ambassador for Christ. An ambassador is one who comes representing the place that they are from as if the leader of that place is there. You are an ambassador, an emissary. You are coming to represent the kingdom of God right here on earth. And there's no better time to do it than Christmas. There's no better time to do it at as 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 Christmas. Amen. There's a there's to see now that you're deputized, there's some new sheriffs in town. Santa, pack your sleigh. Here come the Christians. We're here to restore order in the land. In the name of Sheriff Jesus, he has all authority in heaven and on earth. And he is calling together the saved, the sanctified, the water and the fire baptized to be deputized. The world needs to be restored to God. Go ye therefore, make disciples, baptize them in the name of the Father, baptize them in the name of the Son, and baptize them in the name of the Holy Ghost. Compel them to come, beseech them to come, tell them about the crisis of a Christless Christmas. Let them know that there is a bread shortage because they don't understand that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Tell them that they are 
are in the middle of a drought. They don't even recognize, hallelujah, that only living water can satisfy that thirst. I don't care how many pair of, of Jordans you buy. I don't care how many G-Shock watches you put on. I don't care what kind of rims and Tims and Lex, Coops, Beamers, Benz, and all the other frills that make you feel like if you're balling up in here. None of that compares to the richness of knowing that your soul is saved and that you're sanctified and set aside for God and that you've got eternity in your hand. Nothing's satisfied. But if we join them in buying that stuff and presenting it to them without at least a God bless you, what are we doing here? What are we really doing here, people? What are we doing here? Around my way, we say, yo, you got to represent. Now I'm telling you, church, you got to represent. We can do much better. Yes, yes, we can do much better. There's a drought, but only living water can quench that thirst. They have an energy crisis because they don't got no power. I know y'all kind of bougie. Y'all don't know nothing about the, <laughs> no power because <laughs> you ain't paid a light bill. <laughs> they done shut you off. Shut off the gas, shut off the lights, and you need some power. You need somebody to climb up a pole and run some wire. <laughs> Your neighbor to run a line from day house. Until <laughs> next month, just help a sister out. <laughs> I love being brought up in the ghetto. It teaches you some things. <laughs> it teaches you some things. But these people, they're trying to operate in life. They're so stressed out. They're so, oh, God, what is going to happen? What is going to do? They've lost their jobs. They've lost their loved ones. They've lost their health. And they don't have the power. But God says that we have the power because he himself, through the Holy Spirit, will be in us to give us the power to witness to a people during the time when they are powerless and let them know where the power is. They have a crisis because they're Christless. Somebody say, they got a crisis. They got a crisis because they're Christless. Hallelujah. But you got to let them know that according to Isaiah 53, that there's something special about this man, Jesus. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid as if were our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. Oh, come. Let us adore him. Come. Oh, ye faithful, joyful and triumphant, oh, come ye, oh, come ye to Bethlehem. Come and behold him, born the king of Oh. 
him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Christ the Lord. Hallelujah. Come, all ye faithful. Let, let us adore him. Oh, come, all ye faithful. Come, let us adore him. Oh, sing hallelujah, hallelujah. Come, come, worthy. Oh, sing hallelujah. He alone is worthy. Come, all ye faithful. Come, let us adore him. Oh, come, all ye faithful. Come, let us adore him. Oh, sing hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, sing hallelujah. He alone is worthy. Glory to God in the highest. Peace on earth to all men. Oh, come, let us adore him. Let us get together as one church with one voice and sing praises to our king, hallelujah. For he alone is worthy, for he alone is God. He alone is worthy of my energy, my efforts, my finances, my time. Let us not get caught up in the whirlwind of this thing called Christmas. And let's take off the mess and just keep it Christy. And if we do this, we will bless the Lord. We will bless the Lord, and the Lord will continue to bless you.